Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. My name is Paul Rowley. And I'm Ty Kersley. How's it going, Ty? Okay. Um, I'm actually very excited about this show. We have, you know, gun violence problems and issues, but uh, there's a lot of positive uh, steps this country is moving forward, I feel, for the first time to solve a lot of big problems. So I'm anxious to talk about it. Right, absolutely. And then we're also going to be talking a lot this week about the Queer Liberation March for Black Lives and Against Police Brutality. We're going to have uh, organiser J.W. Walker on air later on telling us about that, which is in fact going to be, you know, a continuation of the protests that we're seeing across the nation combined with an uplifting of black lives and a queer celebration in fact you know to replace the regular pride march that happens every year in new york city so more on that in a little while um great as part of this week's show you know we always have the in memoriam but you know ty when we were talking earlier we were, we thought that maybe it would just be good to bring the focus on to people who have lost their lives to police brutality. So instead of focusing on a single story, let's listen to this list of names. The rate in which black Americans are killed by police is more than twice as high as the rate for white Americans. This is the list of black lives lost at the hands of the police in the U.S. since Eric Gardner's death in July 2014. Eric Gardner, John Crawford III, Michael Brown, Ezell Ford, Dante Parker, Michelle Cousseau, Laquan McDonald, George Mann, Tanisha Anderson, Akai Gurley, Tamir Rice, Romaine Brisbane, Jeremy Reed, Matthew Ajibadi, Frank Smart, Natasha McKenna, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Maya Hall, Philip White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman II, Alexia Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Manuel LaRosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Gray, Joseph Mann, Salvador Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Billy Ray Davis, Samuel DeBose, Michael Sabi, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Ashams Faro Manley, Felix Kumi, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper, Lamontes Jones, Patterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Crawford, India Kager, Levante Biggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Richard Perkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benny Lee Tigner, Miguel Espinal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews, Betty Jones, Quintonio Legreer, Keith Childress Jr., Janet Wilson, 
Randy Nelson, Antroni Scott, Wendell Celestine, David Joseph, Colin Roquemore, Dijon Perkins, Christopher Davis, Marco Loud, Peter Gaines, Tori Robinson, Darius Robinson, Kevin Hicks, Mary Josio, Demarcus Samir, Willie Tillman, Terrell Thomas, Silville Smith, Alton Sterling, Belandro Castile, Terence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Alteria Woods, Jordan Edwards, Aaron Bailey, Ronell Foster, Stephen Clark, Antoine Rose II, Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Atatiana Jefferson, Christopher Whitfield, Christopher McCrory, Eric Reason, Michael Lorenzo Dean, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd. We remember and honor you. Wow. Ty, thank you so much for reading those names. Um, and of course, these are the names that we know. These are the people where the cops have actually been stopped or intercepted, at least, if not brought to justice. So brutal. Just thinking about each of those names that we've just read is, is a person, is a person with family, often with children of their own. And, you know, just this weekend alone, you know, Father's Day, we think about Father's Day as a time that families come together and celebrate. And in Chicago, there were 104 people shot this weekend alone. I know. Um, uh, 14, 14 uh, fatally killed. Exactly, 14 dead, five of which were kids. Let me just, you know, read out for our listeners. You know, Sure. So... This was the worst weekend for gun violence in Chicago so far this year. But it comes three weeks after the most violent weekend that they've had in modern history for gun violence in Chicago. It just shows you how much this problem is escalating. You know, um, three weeks ago, 24 killed, 61 wounded. And this weekend, like we said, 104 people shot, 14 people dead. Amaria Jones... 13-year-old girl was shot dead sitting in her own home by a stray bullet. A bullet came through the wall and hit her in the neck. And, you know, what's even more tragic is that this is the second life that this family have lost to gun violence in nine months. Last September, Derek Burns, who was Amaria's cousin, was also shot dead. And he was only 20 years old. Um can't imagine two boys shot dead a 13 year old a 15 year old and then mckay james three years old this child this toddler was in the car with his dad the dad was also shot the dad was 27 years of age sitting in the car 
and shot, brought to the hospital and dead. I mean, the impact of this on the community in Chicago, I can't even start to imagine. I mean, we were speaking to several activists and when we did bring up Chicago, one of the things was a a woman of color. She said that we don't have um, a symbol. We don't have a name. It's not like Parkland. It's not like Pulse. It's not like Aurora. There is no name, but it's a constant everyday um, battle with with guns in in Chicago, and a lot of it is used from the right to s- as this scapegoat. But it's actually like this is a bigger problem because it's not making the news. It does when it's a white school or a lot of the other mass shootings that get in the past have gotten a lot of attention right away. Of course, we've been trying to move forward, but with this particular problem, uh, there is there's no one standing up really. Uh, and bringing anyone together to fix this, it feels. It just feels like it keeps getting worse and worse when it's being dismissed by our government and other people as well. That's just how those areas are. Yeah, and the thing that's really despicable that you really hear from a lot of the pro-gun lobby, the the language they use to describe the violence and the deaths, it's as if the people living in the communities, as if it's their fault, you know? It's like that girl's mother, Amaria's mother, she doesn't bring guns into her own neighborhood and now she's got to bury her own child, you know? Where are these guns coming from? We talk a lot about on this show about the trafficking of guns, the illegal trafficking of guns, and it's a huge problem right here in New York City as well. You know, here in New York, we have pretty strict gun laws, you know, yet specifically black and brown communities are saturated with guns and where are those guns coming from you know they're being trafficked into the into the city you know with with states that have uh looser gun laws or so many loopholes uh that they they can't even track who these weapons are going to there's uh, there's no there's legal sales that take place in this country because of the laws that seem completely unbelievable to us that you could hand a gun to a family member of any age or uh, someone can walk in and buy a weapon for you at a gun show or however these uh, loopholes work out this this is the source this is yeah. how they're they're getting them that's it. and and the problem with with gun safety is we've always said i mean we're, we're talking about murders and a lot of these are um not even the people that are intended to be killed uh they're not involved in these these arguments or these fights or anything, but it's also the safety. These, these people aren't being trained yeah. uh, to use this gun as, as a protection. They're using it specifically. Um, Just to spray bullets wildly up and down a block. I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't make sense of reading this about all of these kids that were just walking around um, and, you know, a car drove by and, killed these people and then this happened in an alley and it's somebody's sitting on their porch and somebody drives by and just riddles the house with bullets you know it's this is what's happening again and again and it's like you say i mean i know you as an ex-military guy you know more than certainly more than i do about how to use a weapon and how to use it correctly but like you say it's like these guns are coming in illegally so there is no kind of chain of training or any of the stuff that the NRA purports you know about sensible gun ownership you know I mean you know as we say again and again on this show it's like more guns equals more gun deaths and that's just the bottom line it's like as long as these companies continue to manufacture weapons 
And as long as they are manufacturing them to such an extent, and as long as the NRA is trying to make everybody afraid and peddling their, you know, weapons industry sponsored drivel that they come out with, you know, to try and make people buy more guns, as long as this is happening and as long as all these guns are in the United States, like nowhere else on the planet, well then, every weekend until that's stopped in Chicago and in, in Brooklyn and in all our major cities, that is where people are going to get shot. You know, it's going to continue to happen until we get rid of these guns. Also, Paul, think about um, how expensive weapons are and how gun owners generally average out at six per household as a gun owner, not one gun. And then all of a sudden you've been laid off and all of a sudden no one has any money. What's the first thing you're going to sell? That's a really What's good point. What's the easiest, yeah. easiest way to get cash when um, you're waiting on a check or you know, thousands of people are being laid off from companies at a time. So yeah, I know someone who might, might be able to buy your guns for you. Yeah. I mean, I can hear this conversation. I don't. I'm not saying this is all of it, but that is one of the problems with not having it registered, not having any tracking uh, on these. Is that it could be easy money for someone who, in this particular part of our history, is financially. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Well, listen, everybody here on our on the show, of course, we send our love and best wishes out to the people of Chicago, and just reminding you that here on Radio Gag and with Gays Against Guns, we are fighting every day to rid the country of this pestilence of gun violence. Okay, so next up we have on the line J.W. Walker. Jay is an organizer with the Reclaim Pride Coalition and Jay, welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on Radio Gag. A regular contributor here. We always love having you on air, bringing us up to speed with what's going on on the streets, as it were. And this Sunday, right, you've got the Reclaim Pride Coalition March. Uh, So you want to tell us a little bit about, for our listeners, I mean, what is Reclaim Pride? Why are we reclaiming pride in the first place? Reclaim Pride produces the Queer Liberation March. Last, uh, Last year was our first one. And we, um, we were founded um, during the run-up to the 2018 Pride March because, uh, or rather Pride Parade, uh, because we felt that the organizers of, of the Heritage of Pride Pride Parade were giving uh, far too much control over the parade um, to the NYPD. Um, you know, between barricading all up and down all the streets and all the West Village uh, to make it impossible for people on the sidelines to join in the march, which many of us who have been New Yorkers for a long time remember that was one of the great parts of the Pride March back when it was still a march, as well as reducing the size of the march, the length of the march. Over the years, the parade has just become unwelcoming for large segments of our population, of the queer people in New York. Um, and, you know, during this time of Donald Trump, uh, the resistance groups that had marched successfully in the 2017 march um, uh, wanted to march um, in a prominent position in the 2018 march and were not allowed to by Heritage of Pride. 
And so after that debacle of the 2018 march, we, uh, a bunch of people uh, that were members of those resistance groups that had marched previously decided to band together to form the Reclaim Pride Coalition to address all of these issues that were problematic right, with, right. Um, with Heritage of Pride. And then, so then last year was really the first big march that, that Reclaim Pride did. Ex- exactly. And, you know, we, we, had to, we felt that we had to do something that was in the spirit of the original Christopher Street Liberation Day um, last year on the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we marched up from um, from uh, Christopher Street and Seventh Avenue on up into Central Park and onto the Great Lawn, where we had a great rally. About forty five thousand people participated in the march. It was hugely successful, and we did it completely safely. There were no safety issues. The entirety of our route was not barricaded. Anyone along the route was welcome to just jump in and join. Um, We didn't have all of these sort of contingents that have to march in a certain order. We marched as just a mass of humanity and members of all of our many, many LGBTQ, TSIA communities all together. Um, It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It sure was. Um, I, I, I was on that march every step of the way with you. And I think that was one of the most wonderful things was friends just joining from the sides of the road as you marched up sixth avenue it really felt like a coming together of the community it was it was fantastic and so this year you've got a very specific focus for the march right yes absolutely we were planning you know after after um the governor the mayor sort of shut down new york state and new york city um they said that there was not going to be any public um events allowed through the end of june um like heritage of pride we canceled the queer liberation march that we had already been working on um but then uh and we were planning on doing something virtual um but then in the wake of the, the murder of of mr floyd and america seeing that live uh, all over our televisions and our, and our screens and the explosion of activism that occurred in its wake, we decided that the only way that we could move forward was to get back out there in the streets and march and devote and dedicate this year's march to the cause uh, for black lives and against police brutality, centering the lives of, of black people. We're centering the stories of people that have uh, had the, the, the most egregious effects of police violence, and we're especially centering the stories uh, and lives of black trans people who are being murdered at such an alarming rate year after year after year. Exactly. We were just reporting last week on on the two most recent murders of black trans women. Talk us through a little bit about what our listeners can expect when they come along on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So we are gathering at Foley Square. Um, We expect to step off at one o'clock. So we're encouraging people to arrive by 1230, 1245. Um, Organizers will be there considerably earlier. Um, The march route is 2.7 miles. Um, we're not releasing the specifics of the march route because um, we don't want to give the, the NYPD the opportunity to uh, to short circuit our march or to cause cause issues with our progress. Um, we're going to end the march um, at a location in Greenwich Village, and we will be intersecting with some really important historical um, spot along the way. But uh, that's all that we're saying right now. So we want this to be a huge celebration, a huge protest, a huge just 
a moment of, of standing tall for black communities. And we're going to be encouraging social distancing along the march. We'll have hand sanitizer and gloves and extra masks for people. We want this to be as safe as possible for everyone, but we want everyone to have the opportunity to show how truly intersectional the, the LGBTQ plus rights movement and the civil rights movement and the movement for black lives, how they're intrinsically connected and always have been. Uh, and we want to um, we want to take note of that fact. Absolutely. And I feel like the current regime is trying to make us forget about these really key intersectional points, you know, and these communalities that we have, because divided, we're so much easier to keep in line, right? Absolutely. And paradoxically, we really owe this, you know, moment of almost complete intersectionality that we've experienced in this country over the last few years. We kind of owe it to Donald Trump. (laughs) <laughs> um, he got us all out of our silos. He, mm-hmm. got, you know, we, before it was it was with people for working on women's choice were over there, and people working for Black Lives were over there, and people working for queer rights were over there. And now we're all together. We've all educated each other about our our, our many issues, um, and we're able to to march in solidarity, which is what we've been seeing all over the city and all over the country. Um, over the course of the last three weeks. It's yeah. an amazing moment of, of true solidarity. It's so, wonderful. It gives us such hope. Yeah, absolutely. So for folks listening in who want to get the info, they you have a website and Facebook and stuff that they can yes. reach out to? Absolutely. Well, on all social media, all you have to do is look for at Queer March. Uh, our website is reclaimprideNYC.org. Um, and, um, you know, we encourage people to come with signs and messages. We are completely behind the, um, defund the NYPD movement. Um, we want, you know, we really want, uh, to, we want, uh, our, our civic leaders to completely dismantle and reimagine how we pursue public safety. It's the time has come. Which is what you did last year with the Queer Liberation March. You know, there were no cops there. <laughs> everything was fine, you know. I think everything was fine. Guess what? We didn't need 10,000 cops. Getting paid overtime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people can trust each other. You know, we can trust each other yeah. to to just take care of each other as a community. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. well, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know Gays Against Guns are going to be there. Jay, thanks so much for calling in. And we will see you on Sunday. So I'm glad you were able to speak to him uh, this week. I kind of feel I had the exact same impression that when he said that you know this is basically Trump's doing, kind of bringing us all together in a, in a way. Uh, I kind of agree in, in the fact also that I think our moral compass was tested. I think at this point, if you are anywhere on the side of what's right and what's wrong in this country, it's going to be very, very obvious to you that the people who do not agree that they're feel that their rights are infringed on or however this Black Lives Matter movement um, is threatening someone, then you are on the wrong side. And I think it's more and more obvious to, to everyone now. This is the time where everybody needs to get involved. You know, you cannot sit this one out. My name is Kathy Marino Thomas, and I listen to Radio Gag Weekly on Tuesday nights at 6.30. I listen to Radio Gag to get the most current news and outlook on the gun violence epidemic in America. 
I'm also a mom, and I appreciate WBAI's coverage of the current pandemic and school closing. Become a WBAI buddy. Thank you so much. So I think that's about all we have time for this week, folks. Um, once again, thanks so much to, for listening into Radio Gag. And for more about the work we do here at Gays Against Guns and Radio Gag, you can find us online on all our social media, Gays Against Guns NY on Facebook and Instagram, Gag No Guns on Twitter, or go to our website, gazeagainstguns.net. And we're here every Tuesday, 6.30pm on listener-sponsored WBAI. Tyler, I look forward to seeing you in person. Um, on Sunday, yes. I'm I'm uh, handling all the HBs for the march. Right, the human beings, so right, yeah. We are representing Black Lives, trans lives that have been lost, and also uh, lives that have been lost to police brutality. Like we say, everybody's welcome to join. Um, so take care, f- folks. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thanks again. Good night.